Hi, my name is Anil Trevetti. I am the intern at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Hinsdale, Illinois. Uh, this week, June 6th, uh, 2021, is our first hybrid worship service. Uh, what that means is that it is both uh, live worshipers and virtual worshipers. Uh, so we are excited about that. We are nervous about that. Frankly, we are perhaps a bit more nervous than we are excited. Uh, but uh, we are uh, um, grateful for the opportunity to be uh, having some uh, relaxed uh, COVID restrictions and precautions. We are continuing um, as safely as we can. Um, so we're still requiring masks. We're still requiring social distancing. We're still limiting capacity, all of those things. But we are welcoming folks back in and uh, um, figuring out how to do this new hybrid worship service. So thanks for listening. I'm so grateful uh, to see all of you here today. What a long and strange nine months it's been for me thus far here at Redeemer as an intern. Uh, I know it's been a strange time for all of you as well, uh, and not just because you've been forced to listen to this tall, lanky Indian kid spout his nonsense about baseball week after week. No, of, of course, it's been a strange time because of the many, many changes that you all have endured. And here we are on the first Sunday of another new worship experience. This time we're calling it hybrid, right? Both in-person and virtual worshipers together in one service. No more well-produced videos for those joining us virtually. And for those here in the building, we must learn to create some intentional space for our siblings joining us virtually, either Zoom or on the live stream. This is new. This will be challenging. There will be goof-ups, um, microphones accidentally turned off or too loud, right? video errors, and any number of other problems. When Graham and I did practice runs of the hybrid service, we discovered that one tiny hidden Zoom audio setting made the difference between a quality virtual live music experience and a really terrible one. We'll be learning and adapting as we go on from here for sure. Well, maybe something that you didn't know about me uh, is that I've been learning and adapting since my very first day with you nine months ago. The first Sunday I participated in worship here at Redeemer was also the very first Sunday I ever wore a collar. And it was the first Sunday I ever wore an alb either, this white robe. Don't worry if you didn't know that it was called an alb. Uh, I had to Google it too. So many of, of the rituals and traditions and patterns of higher liturgy in the Lutheran church were completely foreign to me. My entire experience in the ELCA prior to this 
was at a church with a much lower liturgy, a much more casual environment. I even told my intern committee early on that when I preached at my previous church, I might even show up in shorts or grab a stool and sit down while preaching. But I came into this time with you all eager to learn. That's what this year was about for me, an intentional year of learning. I was fortunate in that way, really with all of the upheaval and messiness of this pandemic year, I came into this experience knowing already that I would be stretched and challenged, that in my time here, I would discover how God shows up and meets this community and that even though it looks quite different than I was used to, I would come to learn and trust that God shows up nonetheless. Well, as we pivot back to the Gospel of Mark for much of the rest of the summer, I think it's important to remind ourselves of a central theme in Mark's Gospel, a theme that was revealed just a few verses before today's text. The author of Mark tells us that Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. God was showing up in a new way. God was showing up embodied in the person of Jesus. This was strange and new and confusing and probably even frustrating for the people in Jesus's life and community. And moving back to today's text, Jesus's family, those closest to him, were so distraught by what Jesus was up to and the crowds that he attracted that they actually moved to restrain him and said that he was going out of his mind. That's not particularly supportive, is it? And God's embodied presence in Jesus was more than just confusing and frustrating. It was dangerous and threatening to those in power, the scribes, the religious leaders who accused him in today's text of being essentially the devil. The new work that God was doing in and through Jesus was met with resistance and fear and frustration because the kingdom of God that had come near didn't look like folks expected. But don't get me wrong, there is deep comfort in the familiar, and that's not a bad thing. Of course, we prefer our own mother's special chili recipe, or in my case, my father's version of Indian bread. Of course, in a perfect world, we'd have the best versions of every dish for family dinners. But when our insistence on those preferred versions of meals we love so much prevents us from gathering as a family for dinner at all, we've missed the point. We've lost the plot. There is food at the family dinner, of course, but the reason we force our kids to sit and eat with us is so that we're together to see one another face to face, having a conversation, giving time to one another in love as a way of growing and strengthening our family relationships. 
The food is wonderful and becomes a part of that experience for us. But the reason we gather for family dinners is to be together as a family. And just like we have a preference for our favorite meals, we also have preferences for the way we worship, each of us, based on our history and experience. The patterns and rituals and traditions are meaningful. They have value to us. But what is the reason we gather together for worship? Well, we tend to discover what's most important in times of great change, right? Times like this pandemic year. Perhaps as we move into another time of change this summer, we can more clearly understand the reason why we gather to worship. Redeemer is clearly and proudly a worship-centered community. But what does that mean? It means that at the core, our center, we gather to encounter the risen Christ, to be reminded of God's work of forgiveness and restoration, to receive the Spirit's movement in the word proclaimed, to encounter Jesus at the table in body and blood, and to be sent out, transformed into his body for the sake of the world. We gather to be refreshed and renewed, to grow in faith and trust and participate in God's work in the world. God's grace and love for us doesn't require that we worship in a well-decorated sanctuary, although it's nice. It doesn't require beautiful music, although that is wonderful too. God's grace and transformative love requires only one thing, God showing up. And that's exactly what God does in Jesus. It's exactly what God does in and through the Spirit. God hears your confession and forgives, even if the microphone isn't working. God is present in the word proclaimed, even if the sermon illustration is lazy and the preacher talks about baseball too much. Christ is present at the table, even if the prepackaged wafer is broken and the wine has gone bad. Mark reminds us that the good news of the gospel is that God does the work. God shows up. And our job is to trust that it's true, to trust in God's work and God's presence in the world. The good news of the gospel is that God does the work. God forgives you, no matter who you are. God gives you new life, no matter what you've done. God loves you so much that God shows up in the person of Jesus. God is a God who stops at nothing to love and forgive and transform. The kingdom of God has come near in the person of Jesus. May you grow in trust of God's unstoppable presence in diverse forms of worship. And may that bolster your faith in God's unstoppable love for you. Amen.